So I invited a special guest tonight. I invited Mark Hetfield, who's the president and CEO of Hyas. And the reason for that, and I'm going to ask Mark to, to join us now, is that years ago, during the beginning of the Syrian refugee crisis, our community became engaged really quickly with what we could do. And, you know, we put the call out for help and Emmanuel responded in ways that I don't think any of us expected to the extent that we did respond. We had Coggins get up and fly to Greece to be on the shores of Lesbos to help refugees out of the water. We put a call out saying, listen, our Coggins who's going to Lesbos, can you please bring clothes? And we had 4,000 pounds of clothes dropped over the gate within 24 hours. And we had to figure out how to get it over to Greece. We've had people bring in refugees and foster them in their own homes and really have, have been doing this work. But part of that also is that that was a while ago and a lot has changed now. And so I wanted to bring Mark in because, you know, one of the brilliant things about Mark is that, or and I should say Hyas has a very close place in my heart because the only reason I'm in this country is because Hyas brought my family over from Austria. Without Hyas, I would not be here when we escaped the war. But one of the things that Mark did was that really Hyas was this organization which was helping refugees because they were Jewish. And then he switched the purpose of the organization and actually says, you know, the reason we're helping refugees is because we are Jewish. And so I'm, I'm really lucky to have you here tonight, Mark. And I, I wanted to just kind of start off, if you could just kind of get us up to speed since the last time we talked, which it feels like four years ago, um, of where the world is now with refugees. Yeah. Thank you, Rabbi. And uh, a lot has changed, and frankly, a lot hasn't. Uh, and I, I think a lot of people are under the illusion that there's no need to be an activist anymore for refugees because we have a new government, the new government is pro-refugee, and that problem has been solved, and we can move on to other issues. I mean, nothing could be further from the truth. Um, and I, I do appreciate really Temple Emmanuel having been one of the first congregations to engage with us. Uh, there was a time when being the American Jewish Community's refugee agency was frankly quite lonely. Uh, there was not a lot of attention being paid to refugee issues. We were doing all this work on behalf of the American Jewish community. And uh, the problem was they didn't know that we were doing it. And, and that definitely changed. Uh, during the global refugee crisis uh, and particularly in 2015 but emmanuel engaged prior to that and you have not stopped engaging and i want to ask you plead with you to please not stop now because things are not better um, one expression that we keep hearing on the news is that we've reached another grim milestone luckily we're not hearing that as much anymore because we finally seem to have turned a corner with with the vaccine and with infections going down and after having lost over 531,000 people in this country with, with the number of people dying from COVID each day finally going down. So we might not hear that phrase, another grim milestone anymore in the context of COVID, at least I hope not. But every June 20th on World Refugee Day, when the UN releases its annual statistics, that's what we get is another grim milestone. And when I spoke to you last, the number of refugees in the world, the number of people who were forcibly displaced due to persecution or conflict 
was about 65 million, which was a record, which was the greatest number in human history. We are now at 80 million people. And so the problem has only gotten worse. It was 79.5 million was the number that was released last June 20th. And I guarantee you that on June 20th of 2021, we will reach another grim milestone and there will be an even higher number. Um, what, what, what has caused that increase? Yeah, it's, um, it's not I mean, taking up the bandwidth of news, so we don't hear about it anymore. Right. I mean, there are, it, it's, it's conflict all over the world. It's ethnic cleansing, uh, ethnic cleansing in um, Burma in particular, in Myanmar, uh, uh, conflicts that have just been nearly perpetual, like Syria, uh, political strife, like in Venezuela. Um, but there, there's no continent that is immune from mass displacement. And But what really causes it, right, it's, it's that people are being displaced, but no solutions are being found. That's what's really tragic. And there was a time in the United States, 1980 under President Carter, and then also 1981 under President Reagan, when the United States had a real commitment to trying to solve refugee displacement. And so uh, President Carter in 1980 resettled 207,112 people. This year, President Trump, then President Trump, uh, set the refugee ceiling at 15,000, which is an all-time low at a time when the number of refugees are at an all-time high. But this is not just a a government problem to solve, like we have to solve it. Uh, It is a public-private partnership to welcome refugees and to ask the government to do more for refugees. Uh, and, and I know that when President Biden came into office, he issued all these executive orders, which basically consist of wish lists, like my wish list, of everything we need to do to help refugees. But you know what? It's still just a wish list. Almost nothing is being done. The policies have not actually changed. So if I asked you since January, what has changed? Yes. Yeah, so okay. So I'll tell you what has changed and what hasn't changed. Um, On February 12th, uh, uh, Secretary of Homeland Security Mayorkas and Secretary of State Blinken went to Congress and said there's a refugee emergency. The the, the policies of the last administration were unacceptable. We have to increase the number of refugees coming to this country from 15,000 to 62,500. And we have to stop all these restrictions that are preventing African refugees and Muslim refugees from coming here. Um, This is an emergency. We have to do this. Well, that was on February 12th. On March 12th, still hasn't happened, one month later. Um, And as a result, they have literally had to take refugees off of planes who were booked to travel here because the State Department assumed that the policy was going to change. They booked refugees on flights who were approved and vetted. They haven't come here. For refugee resettlement, which means taking refugees um, out of their country of first asylum and bringing them here through a safe and orderly process, nothing has changed since January 20th, nothing, just a lot of empty promises. When it comes to asylum at the border, uh, asylum policy, um, very little has changed. Uh, we, uh, we officially ended the, the policy called Remain in Mexico or cynically named officially the Migrant Protection Protocols Program, the policy where, uh, where Customs and Border Protection pushed back people into Mexico and said, you have to wait here in Mexico for a court date in the United States. We ended that, but we continue the policy, uh, another policy, which basically amounts to the same thing, where under Title 42, under public health laws, they're still pushing back 
asylum seekers into Mexico with no screening whatsoever. Uh, so in fact, we're still doing the same thing. They've made an exception only for children. So now children are coming in in great numbers, uh, at least much greater numbers over the border. But that's the only thing that has actually changed is they're letting kids in, but nobody else. Um, so there's a lot to be done. It, it, it's a mess. Uh, they've inherited a mess. It's a problem that's not going to solve itself. Um, but it's, it's also not going to be solved if we don't hold uh, this administration's feet to the fire. And well, if we don't demonstrate that we're willing and actually enthusiastic about welcoming refugees ourselves as a community. Um, so there, there's a lot to be done. Neil, so I guess my question is then, I mean, because we're weeks away from Passover now. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't have my matzah yet. I remember the matzah shortage. I should get on the matzah, but I don't have the matzah yet. But, you know, we sit there and it's going to be this week where, you know, we're never going to talk about Moses for a week. It's one week. It's all about me. It's about us. It's about saying we were slaves in Egypt. We know what it's like. I know what it's like to be refugees. And it's pounded in us. And, you know, the food's not very good for a week to remind us of all of this. But I can't just do that like empty ritual if I don't know what I'm actually supposed to be doing. So what can we do? Right. And I'm, I'm really glad you said that. And I'm really was uh, really amazed that you said earlier today that love is not an emotion. It's it's an action. It, and because we just redefined our core values at highest um, and we tried to redefine them in biblical Hebrew. And uh, one of those values was was empathy. And we found that there is no word in 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 the Torah for empathy. Um, because in the Torah, even though it says 36 times to love the stranger as yourself, treat the stranger as yourself, have one law for the stranger and for yourself, because we were once strangers in the land of Egypt. Um, uh, even though that said 36 times, there's no word for empathy per se, because in, in the Torah, empathy is not an emotion. It's not a feeling. It's a, a command for action. Yep. And we have to act. Uh, right now. And there are, uh, 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 on the highest website, there's a number of ways to explain how you can act. Uh, but for example, there is our welcome card campaign where we, uh, we have the tools on our website so that you can welcome new members to Congress and let them know that we as a community want to welcome uh, refugees. Um, there, are, uh, there are ways to engage and uh, in, in volunteer in local programs to support asylum seekers. We can help uh, send you in that direction as well. But it's really important to know that we have to advocate for better refugee policies, not just with the people that don't agree with us, but in particular with the people who agree with us, um, you know, with the Nancy Pelosi's of, of the world, with the Chuck Schumer's of the world, because just saying the right thing isn't enough. They have to do the right thing. And we have to let them know that we need them to do the right thing. Um, and the, the U.S. is supposed to be leading by uh, the power of our example, not just the example of our power, as was said during the inauguration, and we have to hold them to that. And frankly, it's not happening yet. It's still not happening. Well, Mark, I, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate you coming here and just the the ongoing sacred work that even when it's not even on the front line of the paper or even on the front page of the paper, um, of you know, as we're heading into this time of year where we're really meant to be thinking about as Jews this is our story. And that 36 times I'm constantly reminded it's considered the number one mitzvah in the Torah because no other thing is repeated more often than remember, this is you. This is not some other people. This is your story. So thank you, Mark. I really do appreciate it. Thank you, Rabbi.
Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom.